welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session if you sell for a living. And we're here for those that help those for sale. Uh, <laughs> I think I started drinking too early. <laughs> we help those that sell for a living and those that help those that sell for a living. No, I think we just roll. This yeah. is how we This is well, the part of the charm. Things. I mean, let's be honest. You already opened a beer, so yeah. one deep. And I had some pretzels. <laughs> And you just ran back into the office and you're out of breath. So, I mean, there's a lot of things against you starting. I apologize to the That's audience. That's all right. I think, I think everybody appreciates the nature of this Ales with Aslan podcast. Well, as you can tell, I'm here with Mark Lampson. He's our president uh, here at Aslan Train Development and a world-class prospector. And so we're going to continue our theme this week of prospecting as we try to fill that pipeline for 2020. But before we get into the topic at hand... I see something cold, frosty, and wanting you. What is that over there? A little fallish feel. Okay. Uh, this is uh, from my favorite, Whalers, uh, you know, Whalers Brewery in Wakefield, Rhode Island. I know it well, yeah. It is a uh, orange and, uh, I didn't practice this pronunciation, orange and coriander. Oh, yes. Ginger wheat ale. They call it Blockstar. That's that's a lot going on. Blockstar. Blockstar. You are a Blockstar. Thirsty. thirsty All right, let's thirsty, hear it. Thirsty Thursday on a Tuesday. There we go. Yeah, they, they have cans. I like the cans. Cans are good. They don't they don't break on the boat. That's true. That is true. Well, I am going to go with an old traditional mm, favorite. Um, if you haven't had one of these, I don't know where you've been all your life, but uh, I I kind of wanted to retreat to summer since it's starting to cool down. So I reached into the back of the fridge and grabbed a Corona Extra. This is. Uh, it's certainly not a microbrew. It's just good old fashioned stuff. And I'm going to go ahead and pop that. Let's see. Oh, that's good stuff. Let's have that. Looks good. It's good, and it's got a good lime in it. Uh, uh, I love that. Can I uh, clarify one other sort of non-sales-related podcast item? Please. Pretzels. Can we have the pretzels? Uh, yeah, have They the make pretzels. me noise, but I am freaking dying over we're, here. We're starving today, and I apologize for this, but, you know, we sneak these podcasts in at the weirdest times sometimes. It's, now, I need, uh, now I need more beer with all the pretzels. Exactly. It's going to make you salty. All right. Well... So, in many ways, the topic of the day is literally, if you can see this, there's beer coming out of his nose, people. It's a major problem. It's a major problem. Uh, but this is part of the charm of the show. Um, if I have to do the Heimlich, uh, I, will, I will let you guys know. But uh, we are uh, having fun in the neighborhood, for sure, for sure. So, uh, five things that you've learned about prospecting in 25 years. That, that's sort of the title of this. Um, but before I let you even comment on this, am I to really learn that you've you've taken five things out of 25 years? One thing every five years is what you've learned? That's, that's remedial learning right there. Well, it's, uh, <laughs> I focus on quality over quantity. <laughs> His face is quite red. I, I, I am hurting. The, I mean, the patient's going to make it, I think. That did go down the wrong pipe. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. <coughs> so, I don't think we've had this much fun on Ales with Aslan in quite some time, but those of you loyalists out there are going to really appreciate uh, some of the humor. All right, so uh, in all fairness, thanks for putting up with that. Yeah, prospectors, prospecting sucks. I mean, let's just be honest. We call up, people say no, people say lots of things, and uh, and then we don't do it. Right. But we, we told you a few weeks ago that, Said, prepare for a good 2020. Look at your list. Look at your forecast. You're going to have a hole in that. You need new accounts and you need to prospect. But you don't like to prospect. So this is the dilemma. 
Uh, I've learned more than five things, but I think there's five things worth sharing that when I really sat down to, to look at what makes the difference uh, we see in our clients and from research we've done, this is what matters. Yeah. Should I start with the first? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, as we were talking through this, it was reminding me of, and I've, I may have even told this story on a podcast before, that you know, those of us that do this for a living, we've all done this, and it's not pleasant. Uh, and I remember back when I was selling software that our job was to come in 7 a.m. on Tuesday mornings to call in. This, this was engineering managers because that was when they were available. This was before email and everything else. And it was painful, but I got to tell you, it worked. I got 90% of my meetings from those Friday morning cold calling efforts. And so it's a little different now. And some people like me might say it's easier because you can try (coughs) lots of different tactics to get through to people. What we're going to tell you here today is tactics typically don't work. And uh, let's talk about those five things that that you've learned, Mark, that, uh, that can help these guys prepare for a robust 2020. I'd say rule number one or lesson number one is decision makers only talk to salespeople who know something that they don't. What does that mean? It means it means way too much prospecting and way too much email and voicemail and cold calls start with something that they already know. Mm, yeah. We sell sales training. <clears throat> people know or people think that sales training is supposed to drive revenue. No kidding. And mm. so when I call up a VP of sales or a director of sales enablement and say, we can help you drive more sales revenue, they're like, well, no kidding. Tell me something I don't know. And yeah. so that's sort of rule number one. <clears throat> and you hear about executive presence and you hear about what does that mean and people are trying to figure that out and it's some combination of what you know and the way you talk and the way you sort of carry yourself. But at the end of the day, it's about having – executive presence is about talking in a way that is at a high level to an executive, but they know you can go six levels deep Yeah, if you need to. So that example uh, <coughs> that you and I were talking about beforehand of, of things that, that don't work, when, when, when people call up and you, and you for some reason say, hey, I know we, we've helped a lot of people in your industry, and they say, okay, like who? And you can't come up with an answer? You probably weren't very well prepared to use that <coughs> that line. Are you? <laughs> he's back coughing again. Oh, I really did. Uh, I did ruin Mark for the for the entire show. Um, so so think about that. You're talking at a high level with the executive, and you've also got to be able to anticipate two or three levels of questions that you could wind up, you know, diving into. Uh, and that's what I think you mean by that, right? Yeah, I'll I'll use as an example <clears throat> some recent. I get pinged all the time, emails and, yeah. and, and calls. I don't really, I don't really pick up the phone much. To be honest with you, sometimes I will, uh, but I will read a, a, an email. Sure. For uh, I'll open, I'll open almost every email, and I'll read the first line. Yeah. And if the first line's decent, I will read the second line. And yeah, ninety-five percent of my emails that are sort of prospecting emails, I ditch. But every once in a while, there's something that comes through, <clears throat> and they articulate something. They let me know they know what I'm talking about. And so I got an email recently of an organization we engaged, actually, to do Salesforce work. And so we're, you know, we're a small, medium business. <clears throat> Salesforce is our platform. There's a lot of work to be done on it. Yeah. And people say, hey, we can help you with Salesforce, and that saves you time and administrative costs. Again, I know all that. But, but someone wrote to me in a way that says, you know, 
There's changes coming with Lightning. For those of you that know what Lightning is at Salesforce. And everyone's trying to figure out that how do you have the full-time... How do you have someone available to you all the time but without paying for full-time? Like They just articulated it in yeah. the exact... Yeah. They said what I was thinking. And the last piece I'll put on this is executives or leaders or decision makers, they don't know everything. They, they, sit, in the, they sit in the boardroom come up with a goal for the year. They come up with a strategy to reach the goals. But at the end of the day, strategies are guess. They're, they're, a, they're a, our best estimate of how we think we're going to achieve our plan. Right, yeah. And if you ask <clears throat> senior leaders deep down, are they a 1,000% confident? They're going to say, no. I, I, if there's a hole in that plan or there's new research or there's something better or something that can shore up my plan or change my plan, I'm listening. So just think about that they have a plan they're committed to it, but deep down, if someone has more experience in your particular area, yeah. they just might be willing to yeah. listen to what you have to say. They're looking for experts to surround themselves <clears throat> with, and, and, and don't sell yourself short. You're in the role you're in because you are an expert at what you do, and if that's of value to them and you can convey that, uh, you can get that second meeting where you can really dive in and discover where the, the match is. Um, so, okay, so that, that, <clears throat> that first bullet is all about they want to talk to someone that delivers something they don't already know uh, or that's new information to them. Okay, let's move on. Um, what else kind of you know contributes to this, uh, this, this five things in 25 years? Another thing I've learned, <clears throat> motive is transparent. And you've heard us say that before as a company mm-hmm. and for Tom say that. But right. motive, your motive is transparent. Your motive with your with your family, with your spouse, your kids, you know, their motive is transparent. I know and my son is a little nicer to me than usual. Hey, Dad, how was your day? Great. <laughs> what do you want? Oh, nothing. I was just wondering if. And so yeah. <clears throat> so we can't help but trans, you know, to telegraph that. And so prospects see that. And 99.9% of people that call on them have a motive of selling them something. Get a meeting. Saying whatever it takes to meet with them. <clears throat> and that comes clear and and people resist, and that hurts trust. Yeah, but if you're so so, this is about making a mind shift, right? What's motive? Motive is soft. It's gushy. This is a mindset shift. Mm-hmm. This is what's really my job. And if everyone's job, people talk about you know I want to sell, I want to win. Some people talk about I want to help the customer, but when they say I want to help the customer, they're saying I want to help them by providing my products or services. Yeah. The real shift to me is deciding my job is not to help you. My job is to help you make a decision. And it's very different. There's so much information today that's available. Prospects are much more informed. They put less value in talking to a salesperson. I already know what I need to know. I can find the information available. Now the problem is I have too much information. And so my motive is to come alongside and say, if I'm selling sales training that says, you know, do you have a problem where you need to grow revenue or is it a marketing problem? I've had lots of customers where yeah. we said, you know, it's it's another problem and it's not about the execution of your sales team. So don't hire us. It's a waste of money. You're going to spend a lot of money. We're going to look at each other in a year and it's not going to be good. So stop. Yeah. Or you should do training, but you should, should do it internally or whatever it is. So if I really honestly say to myself, it's just to help them navigate all the information to make the decision that's best, my motive completely changes. And words come out like, I'm not sure if you should work with us. Yeah. When they say, well, what do you do? I say, I'm not really sure if, if it matches. 
and it just creates a much less of a pressure situation. Yeah. 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 And we talk about that. We've talked about it many times on the show. Um, and, and of course, anybody that's been through our programs, you know that we focus on reducing the pressure in that relationship and making sure the customer feels like they're the priority. And I think if you can convey that in the opening of that relationship, when we're prospecting, when we're trying to get their attention, I think you stand a much better chance of long-term success in, in your engagement. <coughs> so... So that's a great segue to the third one, I think, um, because if you try to play the relationship card <coughs> with one of your you know, prospects and there really isn't one, they see right through it. I mean, I, I get a lot of emails just like you do. Um, when you carry a title, people just want to get a hold of you and you say, they say, you know, oh, you went to Villanova? I went to Villanova. And that's kind of where it ends. Does it get my attention? Sure. I, I love my school. I love to help anybody from my school. But if it ends there, <laughs> there's nothing there for us to talk about. And uh, and I have to say that if I get 50% of them that are trying to bank on a relationship and 50% that are that are telling me something I don't already know, I'm going to read the ones that tell me something I don't know much more often. And so I know I know you got to be careful with this. But talk talk to me a little bit about the the relationship versus business <coughs> value card. Yeah, well, this came out with a client of ours probably – six or seven years ago and they had done some research and talked to a lot of their clients this was a major communications company and yeah. uh, i remember them talking about you know where the value is placed and that people are looking for the business value first yeah. and then the relationship so whether i know someone ahead of time or are trying to leverage a relationship or even afterwards let's play golf Let's do yeah. dinner. Let's do all those things. All those things are great. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I am still really. It, this is amazing. Choked up. You're. you're ch- it's. It's. A, it's. A, it's. A, it's a thoughtful topic, yeah. and it and it can um, lead to very emotive uh, activity. But uh, but no. In, in all seriousness, it, it's it's. Uh, there is so much pressure today. What's going on in 2019? There's so much pressure to deliver business results. Yeah. And so even when my friends call me up and want to get, you know, do business, it's, I love you as a friend and let's great and let's go drink beer and eat pretzels. But yeah. but to get you in the door or to refer you, 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 you I got to know that there's something that's going to really help versus yeah. send some business your way just because. And so that, <clears throat> there's still a lot of old school stuff. And I'm not saying people aren't into relationships and, and I know some of our listeners you know, focus on that. And I'm not saying that you can't have a relationship. I'm saying across, in general, when you're prospecting, a lot more decision makers are looking for that business value first versus, hey, are we connected on LinkedIn or yeah. know somebody? Yeah. It can help you, but you got to bring value. I just, I, and I think, you know, <coughs> I think, I and mean, you've got a great example of this, which, which we can bring out, but I, I just, I have several friends. I mean, I worked at you know three different companies, and so I don't think you have several friends. I mean, you have a couple I, that I know of. I have a half a dozen. Are you including friends. me in that list? Or? I, I was. Should I take you off? Moment okay, of I have five friends. Then I have five friends, um, and and people from past companies will will reach out to me, and if I can I can think of one example where one called me and. And I could not figure out what the value of their company was to my company, and we couldn't put something together. Another guy called and said, "I really think this is something," and we got that that company in and gave them a real shot. Um, and so I think it's it's leverage the relationship 
but back it up with something that really hits my whiteboard, right? What's important to me? What's important to my company? Uh, when you do both, I think it's magical. Mm-hmm. If you try to do one without the other and just play the relationship, it comes across as your motive is transparent. You're in it for you. We're in, yeah, we're buds, but you're trying to get something for yourself. You're not really trying to yeah. help me, right? And yes. There's too much pressure in today's business world to perform and succeed, and there's it's just there's just less room for for helping friends yeah. just to help the friend. Yeah. So that's good. So so think about that relationship. If you're going to play the relationship card, just back it up with some great, um, you know, something that the that the person on the other end of the phone doesn't really know. All right, let's move to the fourth. Um, you know, I, th- this is this is true for as long as business has been around. That you know, there's you can lose a deal to a competitor, but in a much larger percentage of the time, you're losing a deal to somebody doing nothing, right? And so let's talk a little bit about other priorities and what that looks like. Yeah, you're working on one deal, you're losing another, yeah. and so you got to work on the right deals. And um, uh, if you've, if you've, what maybe the last one or two or three sessions ago, podcasts ago, we talked about how to prioritize. If you're That's it. Listening, you haven't heard it. Go back and, and prioritize your opportunities. But <clears throat> is that the timer saying we're we're almost done? Uh, I don't really know <laughs> what, what time are we because I have lost track of everything. No, we're my... good. We're very good. Okay, yeah, we're plenty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, a lot of times, a lot of times, your biggest competition is other priorities yeah. at the customer. Yeah. The, the somehow when and I you know I used to think I mean I used to work for APC we used to sell critical power and cooling systems and I would call data center managers and my God that's like really important isn't it and and I totally got lost in how important or how unimportant what we did. Was because I was so brainwashed. I was yeah. sat in so many great internal marketing sessions and product product pitches <clears throat> where five nines of availability. Yeah. Oh my God, this is the most important it, thing. There's how, nothing more. Important. How does everybody yeah. not just sit around yeah. and just data data center managers not talk about this all the time? And yeah. they have so many other issues around people and technologies. And oh, by the way, how about the, all the servers and everything else that's in there? I mean, yeah. we're just such a small piece. And so you have to get right that says it's not about I'm going to lose a deal. To another competitor of mine, I'm losing mind share because it's just not on their top list. And so, pretty early on, you're doing some discovery, you're finding that. But pretty early on, you want to say, "Well, where?" You know, we talked about some things. There's lots of ways we can help. The question is, where is this on your priority list? Yeah. And if they say, "Yeah, it's it's pretty high," great. If they say it's not high, you might say, "Why? Why not?" You could try to move it higher, or you could say, "What else is higher?" And yeah. maybe you can help with that, or maybe you can't. But you have to know. Where this 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 determines is there an opportunity? You have to know, is this a priority or the yeah. worst? You know, people say yeses are great, no is okay, but maybes kill you. And so when I look at, I'm guilty of this. Yeah, uh, you know where I just had so many maybes. Well, maybe salespeople are optimists yeah. to a fault. We can close everything, except you can't because th- there's nothing to close. They're not going to spend money yeah. in with your product or service. Yeah, biggest competition. Is other priorities. Figure that out. If you're low, see if you can move it. If it's some other priority, see if you can see if you can help with that priority. And if it's not, move on. Yeah, just a timing thing. Don't spend too much time in. You're saying there's a chance, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, uh, dumb and, t- time is our yeah dumb and dumber. Time is our our most precious resource. We talked about that you know several weeks ago on the on the show, and it's absolutely the case. It's uh, you know if you if you waste that. You are uh, setting yourself up for failure. Okay, and now the fifth and final learning that you've had over the last 25 years of selling for a living. 
you can't engage everybody. I, I know we talk about this a lot in our programs. We talk about this a lot when we're talking about you know who to coach. Um, you can't coach everybody, or you or you, can, you can't serve everyone, or you serve mm-hmm. no one, right? It's the same kind of philosophy. You can't engage everyone, and so what's a, what's a te- what's a what's a, an approach to sorting that out? Yeah, I mean, I think you just have some some good, you know, honest self discipline and guidelines around when's enough. You know, how yeah. many times should you contact someone, and when you should move off, or you know, I will say, remember. Somewhere else buried in one of our podcasts is remember a rule of prospect the account, not the person. Yeah. So so we're all guilty of that. You know, we, we get leads and someone hits a website and downloads something and we hand off the person and what they downloaded and we start chasing this person. Yeah. And we call and we call and we call and we say that and say different things. <clears throat> but in my mind, what I'm trying to think of is that person reached out maybe because and this is in a follow up situation, because Somewhere in a meeting in the last few weeks, they talked about a topic related to what we do. And so they started doing some research, right? But this person is not interested. Maybe they left. I, I, a couple of years ago, I called someone to ever, and I finally called the switchboard. And she said, oh, you know, she's on maternity leave for six months. And so... No wonder she wasn't returning yeah, her email. Jeez, to imagine. <laughs> Shocking. So, you know, focus on somebody, but prospect the account, not the person. Yeah. And sort of figure out what's going on. And... And when that doesn't work and you can't engage anybody, I mean, eventually you have to move on. You can't just keep doing the same thing. How do you react, because I have an opinion on this too, but how do you react to like the breakup email? Does that work for you where they say, I've been trying to get you and uh, either you're not interested or you're laying on the floor. And if that's the case, just, you know, yeah. respond with a question mark and I'll call 911. I mean, just some tactics out there, right? But where, how breakup emails? I'd say, uh, I'd say it's mixed both ways. I've used it. Yeah. <clears throat> I've used it. Um, I've used it as a salesperson, yeah, and I've and I've received the email as a prospect. Let me guess; it sounds great when you send it, and it's pretty bad when it comes to you. Here, here's here's where, and again, I forget the choices on it, but it's like, hey, I've been checking in with you, I haven't heard back from you. So either a, yeah, you know, you you hate my guts. B, you have some, you know, you have a solution. But but the the B or the C. Here's the option where the here's the option that I think the breakup or you know email addresses the option of i'm actually interested in this but i am so flipping busy i just haven't hit reply i'm not sure where to schedule the call i don't know what to do i don't have time to forward it to somebody else in my company to have them take your call and i'm just kind of paralyzed so if you make it easy in a polite and don't get too corny like don't get too corny just just say hey i know you're busy Again, the motive is I'm sending this to you just in case this situation exists. Hit, hit, say, call me and just hit B and I'll call you in three months. Other centered, remember. So, so it doesn't fall off your radar at yeah. some point, but I'm not going to bother you in the meantime. That I have responded to some of those. Yeah. And I have had responses to some of that's, those. Yeah. That's really, that's interesting approach. I hadn't thought of that. I, the one that's gotten me a couple times, it's quote unquote a breakup email, I guess, but it's also, uh, it's just, you know, Hey, I've been I've sent you an email or two other ones. You probably haven't gotten to it. I just wanted to push this back up. Maybe you just missed the first one. I can't remember all the verbiage that's in there. It literally was the first time I'd seen something from them. Now, whether it got caught in a spam filter, yeah. when I went back, it was there. I found the first email, but for some reason it never hit my, 
you know, reticular activating system, as we say, uh, the first time. But the second time, for some reason, it did. So what I would say is be creative with your first, second, and third tries. But to your point of number five here, don't waste time with somebody that's that's not movable. Uh, you, you you do have to, to, to cut and run at some point. But um, there are some creative ways to get people's attention. And I think the best one is to be genuinely interested in helping them solve a problem or, or making a decision. And whatever you can do to convey that through an email is going to help them. Well, I mean, it's all connected, right? Have something to say that they haven't heard before, right? We talk about how do we get someone's RAS activated. It's focused on their whiteboard, the yeah. disruptive truth. Put those together. Yep. Your motive is to help them decide, not to help them buy or to help them or to help them see your stuff. Uh, business value over relationship, and, and you know sometimes there's other priorities. But when you're reaching out, that's it's got to have you got to have those three things in mind anyway, and be aware when to move off. You know, for me personally, just speaking as a as a as a prospect. Uh, I'm not a fan of the patronizing emails of like, oh, I'm sure you're really busy, like. I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I buy into that, and that's just a personal thing. I also don't want to know that you left me a voicemail, and I don't want your voicemail to tell me you sent me an email. If it's if it's to make if it's the reason is to make it easy for me to respond, either hit reply or just call the number. Great, but if it's left in a way of you're making me feel guilty, then it's easy. You don't need a breakup email. I just go over to junk block sender and hit done, and then it's easy. And I'll invest that three seconds in you, and then I'll never see you again. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so a good point. Personal, personal, personal. Yeah. But everybody's different. Yeah. Some people respond to that. Yeah. And so there's no, there's no, there's no, no rule. No magic bullet. There really no is no rule. But as we talk about every week on Ales with Aslan, these are uh, the therapy sessions to kind of think through some of this stuff. And hopefully, if we do our job well on this show, you and your coach, your mentor, your your sales manager. You're talking about these things and you're crafting ways to make sure you're getting better. Whether you have your manager read some emails before you send them or you work together to craft some uh, interesting ways to engage, we want to help people not only get better at prospecting but enjoy the process more because it is such a key component of selling effectively in today's world. So, Well, the reward's at the end. The reward's at the end when when the customer says thank you. Like, I mean, it's, you know... I'm, I'm, glad, I'm really glad that we have you, and that's what I'm looking for. At the end, like I'm really glad you tracked us down and brought me in, yeah. and and we're here, and you're here, and we're helping you. And, that's, and, and, that's, and you and I have vendors that have done that for us. Yeah. Right? They find us, and they give us something inf- interesting and you know new information we didn't have, and it really helps us with our business. But it, getting through the minutia is really tough sometimes. Is there, for a way for, is there a way for people to respond or put comments somewhere? Because I want to hear what, I mean, these yeah. listeners, yeah, like, yeah, what, yeah. what's something successful that they've done that's a... Yeah, not you, a... Not a not a cheap tactic, no. Because, but something that's just a successful, genuine, yeah. genuine approach. I'm not sure if they can go on our LinkedIn page where the podcast is. Absolutely, or- yeah. There, so it, there's several different ways. We we keep all the podcasts um, on our website. If you go up under resources and under podcasts, you can see there, and you can you can drop comments there. You can drop comments on LinkedIn. Um, uh, when you see these posts come up each week, and again, these these come out every Friday, so. Uh, feel free to post there, and you can always, uh, you know, email us. You can, uh, you you know, my email address. It's scassidy at aslintraining.com. and uh, I'm always willing to engage in a conversation if we can be of help, uh, or if you've got something you want to see on a future episode. We we love to hear from you. In fact, we've done 
by my count, two or three episodes completely uh, dedicated to somebody's request from from the audience, and I I think we're uh, we're well over thirty episodes total now, so it's uh, it's going well. Hope you guys are enjoying it, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week on another episode of Ales with Aslan.